Chapter 20 Without godly repentance, the wicked man's hope and life die together. For this reason, wicked men's hope are said to die not before them, but with them. They give up the ghost together. And this is what Mr. Badman did. His sins and his hope went with him to the gate between life and death. But there his hope left him because he died there. But his sins went in with him to be a worm, to gnaw his conscience forever and ever. Therefore the common opinion held by many people concerning this kind of dying is frivolous and empty. Like when they said Mr. Badman died like a lamb or like a child, quietly and without fear. I'm not talking about the struggling of nature with death, but about the struggle of the conscience with the judgment of God. Nature will struggle with death. I've seen a dog and sheep die with difficulty. And so a wicked man may do the same due to opposition between nature and death. But even when death and nature struggle for control of the soul, the conscience can be as if it's intoxicated, void of emotional feeling, senseless and ignorant of its miserable condition. And so they may look like a child in the way they die, but in reality they are bound over to eternal damnation by the judgment of God. And by the same judgment, they are kept from seeing what they are and where they are going until they plunge down among the flames. This is a very extreme judgment of God on wicked men who die like this, because it cuts them off from all possibility of repentance and of salvation. It's also a profound judgment on the people who are their companions that survive them, because when they see the manner of their death, dying so peacefully, they are hardened and take courage to go on in their sinful course. Because they compare their life with their death, their sinful, cursed lives, with their childlike, lamb-like death, they think all is well and that no damnation happened to them. Even though they lived like devils in the flesh, they still died like innocent people. There was no whirlwind, no tempest, no shackles or affliction in their death. They died as peacefully as the most godly of people, and had as great a faith and hope of salvation, and talked as boldly about salvation as if they had assurance of it. But their hope in death was like their hope in life. Their hope was without trial because it wasn't God's working. Their death was without upset or affliction because this was the judgment of God concerning them. But the problem I see is that many of those who see this are encouraged to walk in their steps, to continue to live in violation of the law of God. They do this in a grand manner with their evil. There is no restraint that would bring about their death. Therefore they are crowned with pride. They cover themselves with violence as a garment. They take courage to do evil, and as a result they pride themselves in their sin. For what reason? Because their friends died peacefully like a lamb, as if they were innocent, after living a long, irreverent, and wicked life. When they see this, they're emboldened to conclude that God either doesn't or won't notice their sins. Scripture They are lawless and speak wickedly of doing violence. They speak loftily. Psalm 73 verse 8 Regarding sin, they wickedly make it sound better than the Word declares it to be. 
They speak with motives contrary to yielding to God's word, and they actually praise it and consider it a practical act. They also speak arrogantly. Scripture. They say, How does God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Psalm 73, verse 11. And so far as I can see, all this arises in their hearts after they witness the peaceful, lamb-like deaths of their companions. Scripture. Behold, these ungodly men, without being troubled by the world, obtained riches. Psalm 73, verse 12. And so this is a great judgment by God, both on that man who dies in his sins and also on his companion who sees him die in this way. He sins, he dies in his sins, and yet he dies peacefully. What will his companion say about this? What judgment will he make regarding how God will deal with him when he witnesses the lamb-like death of his companion? From such a sight, you can be sure he won't say, Woe be to me, because judgment is before me. Because by the childlike death of Mr. Badman, he can't understand that sin is a dreadful and bitter thing. Instead, if he judges based on what he sees, or according to his corrupted sense of reason, he will conclude with the wicked ones of old that everyone that does evil pleases the Lord, and he delights in them. Or, where is the God of judgment? Malachi 2, verse 17. This is enough of a puzzle even for the wisest man. David himself was halted by difficulties when he witnessed the quiet death of ungodly men. Scripture, verily in vain have I cleansed my heart and washed my hands in innocency. Psalm 73, verse 13. By appearance, they fared better by far than him. Scripture, their eyes stand out with fatness. Psalm 73, verse 7 and they had more than a heart could wish for. But all the day long he was plagued, and every morning he was corrected. This made David wonder, and Job, and Jeremiah too. But he went into the sanctuary, and then he understood their end, in a way he couldn't before. I come into the sanctuary of God. What place was that? Why, the very place where he might inquire of God and through him he resolved this matter. Then, he says, I shall understand their end. Then I saw that you have set them in slippery places, Psalm 73, verse 18, and that in desolation thou shalt cause them to fall. Suddenly, or as the next words say, they are brought into desolation as in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors, Psalm 73, verse 19. These terrors didn't seize them on their deathbed because they had no restrictions in their death. Therefore, the terrors seized them there, after this life, and there they are restrained by them forever. I tell you, in the end he found out, but not without great pain, grief, wounded in his inmost being, so deep, so hard. He found it very difficult for he rightly came to an absolute certain end in this matter. This is definitely a profound judgment of God towards ungodly sinners. It's enough to stagger the whole world. Only the godly in the world have a sanctuary to go to, where the truth and word of God is. It is here his judgments are made known, 
and are understood by them. This is certainly a staggering dispensation. It's full of the wisdom and anger of God. And I believe, as you've said, that it is full of judgment for the world. Who, if they didn't know Mr. Badman and saw him die, could have imagined him to be anything but a man who lived a holy life since he died so peacefully like a lamb? Based on this, couldn't they have concluded he was a righteous man? Or if they did know him and his life, but saw him die so peacefully, couldn't they have concluded that he'd made his peace with God? And beyond that, if someone knew he'd died in his sins and died so like a lamb, couldn't they conclude that either God doesn't know our sins or that he likes them or that he lacks power, will, heart or skill to punish them since Mr. Badman left his sinful life so quietly, so peacefully like he did? Without dispute, this is a heavy judgment of God on wicked men. One goes to hell in peace, another goes to hell in trouble. One goes to hell being sent there by his own hands, another goes to hell being sent there by the hand of his companion. One goes there with his eyes shut, and another goes there with his eyes open. One goes there in a noisy, riotous manner, and another goes there boasting about heaven and happiness all the way. Scripture This one shall die in the full strength of his beauty being completely at ease and quiet. Job 21, verse 23. One goes there like Mr. Badman himself, and others go there like his brothers did. Above all, as to the manner of Mr. Badman's death, the way in which he died, it is filled with snares and traps for wicked men. For that reason, those who die like him are the greatest stumbling block to the world. They go and go, they go peaceably from youth to old age, and then to the grave, and so to hell, without a sound of any kind. As an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Proverbs 7, verse 22. That is, both senselessly and securely. Oh, but to come to the gates of hell, when they see those gates open for them, can you imagine when they see hell is their home, that they must go in? Then their peace and quietness will vanish forever. Then they will roar like lions, yell like dragons, howl like dogs, and tremble at their judgment, just like the devils do. Oh, when they see they must push forward into the gulf and throat of hell, and then see that hell has shut her ghastly jaws on them, they open their eyes and find themselves within the belly and bowels of hell. There they will mourn, weep, hack, and gnash their teeth because of the pain. But those standing by the deathbed don't see this, for this happens after they've departed out of the sight and hearing of those mortals they leave behind in this world. Well, my good neighbor wise men, I see that the sun grows low and that you've come to a conclusion regarding Mr. Badman's life and death. And so I will take my leave. But first, let me tell you that I'm glad I met with you today and that it isn't our misfortune to fall in with Mr. Badman's state. I also thank you for how you freely shared with me in your replies to all my questions. I only beg that you pray for me that God will give me much grace 
that I may neither live nor die like Mr. Badman did. My good neighbor, attentive, I wish for your health in soul and body. And if anything I've said about Mr. Badman's life and death can be a benefit to you, I'll be wholeheartedly glad. I only desire that you thank God for it, and that you pray wholeheartedly for me, that I, with you, can be kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Amen. Farewell. I wish you farewell.